Yo, what's up everybody? It is time for the In Off The Bench Podcast. My name is Jim Cross and I'm joined as always by my co-host, my partner in crime, my brother from another mother, Daniel Ball. And this is episode 11 titled Land of Zeus. And it is titled that because we are being joined by star third baseman from the University of Alabama, Zane Denton. But let's not waste any more time. Let's jump into the biggest interview in podcasting this week with our man, Zane Denton. Zane, my man, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing great. How about you? Blessed as always. It's uh, it's about time that we had a a Alabama Crimson Tide athlete on this podcast. It's long overdue. Uh, we had sort of one, but he wasn't really one at the moment. Uh, he had, you know, did his time with Alabama football and then moved on to UFC. But he did win a national championship, though, with saving his first year. He did, but it, it ain't about him. It's about the president. It's about the current Crimson Tide players. And, and Zane, man, I, I, I got to ask, um, you know, Zeus is the nickname. How, how does that come to be? Like, that's a, that's a pretty fly nickname, and it's got to be hard to achieve a, a nickname as strong as Zeus. So what did you do? How did you get it? Tell me the story. So it actually started as a family thing. Uh, somewhere in college, my oldest brother, Chase, he had gotten the nickname Juice. And so it kind of just passed down through my family. So my, old, my second oldest brother, Bryce, he became Bruce and I became Zeus and my little brother, Miles, became Moose. So it, it kind of started as a family thing. And as I got here, it's, it's kind of just stuck. But so let me get this straight. There's, there's Juice, there's Bruce. There's Moose and there's Zeus. He got the hookup. <laughs> I, I mean, it's like a Dr. Seuss rhyme, man. I love it. I love it, man. Obviously, you know, with a name like Zeus, you got you got to meet expectations. You got to go and show out, man. And obviously, this past weekend, you did just that. You showed out. You hit a walk off um, against Florida, and I, I'll be honest with you, I'm all I'm all about beating Florida. Whenever anybody beats Florida, I'm about it. Um, so you, you you do that, and then, like, what's the celebration like? I, I see, like, many things happen, shaving cream to faces, guys rip, getting their shirts ripped off, uh, you know, Gatorade, water. Like, what happens at Alabama when you hit a walk-off? So it was a little bit of everything. So I had to do an interview right after the game, and before it started, I got the headset taken off and got water and Gatorade poured all over me. And then after that, kind of the locker room, just playing loud music, getting hype with the team. That's usually how it goes. But there's not there's nothing too particular that we do. But I mean, it's amazing time whenever we walk off against anyone. It's it's hard to beat. Absolutely. It's, it sounds like it's kind of a, you know, a. Uh, uh on the fly, you know, happening, whatever people are feeling like that's what happens. And you're kind of the target and subject to whatever they want to throw at you, I guess. Absolutely. All right. So man, let's, let's get into this. Let's get into your story. Um, you know, I tell everybody the best place to start anybody's story in their journey is at the beginning. So 
let's go back to the beginning, man. Talk to us a little bit about where you're from and how you grew up, what it was like in the household. Did you have brothers, sisters? You know, talk to me. Tell me, tell me what's going on there. So I, I born, I was born in Brentwood, Tennessee. It's about 20 minutes south of Nashville. I've lived there my whole life, and I kind of was just born into a baseball family. My my dad was a pilot, but he, when he started having kids, he grew a love for baseball, and he taught us that. He taught us that since I was probably, I was probably two years old, swinging a back scratcher in our house as a baseball bat. But I have three brothers, Chase, Bryce, and Miles. Chase is the oldest. He's 28 now. So he was about six years older than me. And ever since I can remember, they were playing baseball, and I was always at the park with them. And my dad would take us to the field three or four days a week. It just it just became who we were, and it's just carried on since then. I mean, obviously, when I think of a, a household of all boys, I think of a lot of arguing, a lot of fighting, a lot of competition, a lot of, you know, bruises, bangs, <laughs> you know, you you name it. I feel like in a household of boys, like that's what you're getting into. Was was your household similar to that? Oh, yeah, there's there's a little bit of everything going on, but uh, we usually settled everything outside with a game of wolf ball or something. I think that's, um, you know, you, you you had your brother, Bryce. He played professionally with the Cardinals. You played in the Little League World Series. I mean, or Zane played in the Little League World Series. You're now at Alabama. It, it seems like the wiffle ball, like, being the deciding factor seemed to pay off because everybody's been very successful in the game of baseball. Um, you know, what, what was it like, you know, just having, you know, those guys – close to you where you guys can just go out and play ball and play catch and just did you make one another better were you competitive with each other to a to a sense where you just wanted to be better than your older brother or was it more of you know you know friendly competition where everyone's pulling for each other to do their best i'd say it's a little bit of both because obviously you it's just competitive nature to want to be the best at what you do especially in your family, on your team, stuff like that. But also, it was it was just nice having people to go hit with at all times. If I wanted to go hit, my brothers probably did too. So it was always just people to go work at work at baseball with, and it's kind of just our version of family time. It's just going to the cages, hitting. I mean, we love it. Was your uh, you said your dad was a pilot, but was he ever you know, any of y'all's coach or all of y'all's coach? He was never our coach, but okay. hitting instructor, hitting coach. That's I'd probably give him that title. Just things I still do today that he taught me while I was a kid. So I, I can only imagine that it it had to be a relief when you got one of them or all of them going with you to the cage where you don't have to put your own balls on the tee. You have somebody to throw side toss to you have somebody to throw bp to you like i'm sure like it's a relief in a sense but i i can only imagine man it seems like it would have been baseball you know 24 7 in your house it pretty much was as a kid yeah so with that i mean obviously baseball were there any other sports that you guys played or was it just solely baseball it wasn't solely baseball i played a little bit of basketball and i played actually ran cross country in middle school it's a fun fact about me. 
but uh, usually it's mostly just basketball. Gotcha. So, are you are you a good runner now? Not at all. That's probably my. <laughs> were, you a good run, were you a good runner then? Long distance, I could run all right, but if it's a sprint, my body just doesn't move very fast. He said he he can only move ninety feet at a time. But the real question is, Daniel, because we have a lot of baseball players who said they're hoopers. The question is, can he hoop still? I can shoot it a little bit. I may not have the best handles, but I can shoot it if you give me open. <laughs> so that's, horses that's, your game. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing. Horse is my game too. Jim will tell you. Like I'll, I'll work anybody in horse. Oh yeah. Um. So with with baseball, obviously being the focal point. Who were some of the people you tried to mold your game after? Like, who did you look up to? Um, and who was your favorite baseball player growing up? I'd have to say Ben Zobris because he's he's from the Nashville area. And when he was coming up through the minor league system with the Rays, he was hitting at the same facility called Showtime back in Nashville. And he ended up giving me lessons as a kid a couple of times. And the reason I'm a switch hitter to this day so I definitely say him. Right. I can get down with Ben Zobris. I live in Tampa, so I, I, I follow the Rays. So I, I I miss that guy. Yeah, I thought I thought that might have touched your heart a little bit when he came with that answer. <laughs> yeah, I was pumped. I was pumped about that. Um living in Brentwood growing up, are you playing high school for Brentwood Academy? Who are you playing high school with? I played high school for Ravenwood. Ravenwood High School. And what, tell me a little bit about Ravenwood. Um, were you guys a big school, small school? You know, were you one of the better schools? Uh, we were pretty big school. And I'd say one of the more competitive public sports schools in Tennessee. Uh, our region in high school was crazy. I think, I think my first two games of senior year, I was facing Blake Money and Chris McElvain, which are – both Friday night starters in the SEC now. So it was, that was a tough start to a high school baseball season. I mean, you, you're, you're giving credit to other people, but this ain't about them. This is about you, man. I, oh, I man, let the yeah. LSU fan get a Blake money, you know? No, 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 man. So, you know, Zane, you're top rated third baseman and number five overall player in the state of Tennessee by perfect game and prep baseball report. You were ranked, as the number 10 third baseman nationally in the 2019 rec recruiting class by Perfect Game. You were tabbed as the number 21 draft prospect in the state of Tennessee by Baseball America. Like, those are big-time accolades. Obviously, as a player in high school, like, that's some heavy stuff to go every day into every game and practice with. So how did you, you know, balance that kind of those accolades and the pressure with, like, you know, staying true to those titles, but also producing on the field. Well, I got to see my my oldest or my older brother Bryce, because he he was a second rounder of high school. He had a lot of draft hype and stuff around him, so I kind of already gotten to experience what he went through a couple years before. So that kind of helped me during my time through it, because I I'd already known what to expect. Like, I knew scouts would be at our games and stuff and watching my BP and kind of just watching how he handled it at the time. And honestly, I tried, 
I try to keep my focus with getting better because I know there's a ton of great baseball players out there. I, I have a long way to go as a player. So I just try to stay focused on my goal and let all that stuff take care of itself. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, coaches will say, don't worry about what's going on, you know, behind you, meaning so. whatever's happening on the field, that's your concern. Whatever happens off the field, in the stands, behind the, you know, dugouts, behind the bullpens, in the stands, like none of it. It's like that doesn't matter. It's only Dang. you guys in between the lines on the field and what you're doing. Daniel, I got a question for you. Did you at Bolton ever play against Ravenwood since that wasn't too far away? No, never played against Ravenwood. Played against Brentwood Academy a couple times. And, I mean, that's why I brought it up. That was the only Brentwood school that I was familiar with. We're from the Memphis area, if you didn't yeah. pick up on his Memphis flag behind him. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Go Tigers. Um, so, we always have this conversation about, you know, we get high caliber, you know, college baseball players on, and there's a correlation to not so much high school ball, but the travel ball aspect and getting their name out there and getting on college radars. Was that the case for you or was it high school ball that really, you know, got your foot in the door with college? It was travel ball. So I played, I played for a team out of Atlanta called Team Elite. Team Elite Prime, which they have a lot of, they get a lot of recognition for having talented players. So whenever I go down there, my junior and senior summer, uh, there'd be tons of college scouts there. I got tons of exposure just from playing on that team. Daniel, what is it about Georgia? Because all these Mississippi guys from up from North Mississippi, they went to Georgia as well. I mean, it's that. The East, the Cobb County, I mean, East Cobb baseball has been a thing for for a while. Um, and now, you know, there's other programs that are saying, like, I can do what they do. Or there's East, there's so many East Cobb teams that they feel like they can get more recognition if they break off and do their own thing. But, yeah, it's just a hotbed. It's It kind of bridges the gap between um, the – the Carolinas and the, you know, Northeast and Florida. Um, you know, it's the central hub where everybody goes. If you're not going to, you know, Atlanta um, in the summer, you're going to Fort Myers. So it, it's, there's a, there's a ton of talent and a ton of teams. And I don't know why it is, but they, that's just where they go, man. So, um, so you, you're, you're playing for Atlanta Team Elite Prime. Are you staying in Atlanta this whole summer or are you traveling back and forth? How does that work? So I'd usually travel back and forth because the drive for me was about three hours, but I would stay with my teammate, Landon Sims. So Never and, heard of him. Yeah, I, I, I heard and, he, was, he was pretty good. I don't – He was all right. I feel he like he right. was all right. <laughs> no, we, 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 we've had him on, on the podcast um, – you know, he, he's electric, dude. You, you know that we don't have to tell he's you great, like he's an electric guy. He's, his, his stuff sounds just different. Um, I'll, I mean, I, here's a question that just comes to my head. Now that you, you talk about Landon Sims, have you faced anybody the caliber of Landon Sims? And if so, who, who, 
I would say Hunter Barco on Friday night. He was up there. Uh, Kumar, I faced Kumar last year. He was, he was pretty good too. There's a lot of guys around this league that, that will surprise you. It's oh. just some of their fastballs look different. It's hard to see them sometimes. Hey. I, I landed once last year, and he threw. I think he threw a fastball on the on outside corner. And I barely even saw it. I was like, wow, this, it, this is what I'm up against right now. Daniel, I just sent Landon to Texas. So how we talked three times this week and you didn't even tell me you were roommates with Zane. Like, how did he knew Zane was on deck? How does that not come up at any point? I'm a little disappointed. I, I mean, I, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. He's he's dealing with some some heavy stuff right now. <laughs> just a little just a little bit. So I I, I feel for him, man. And you know, Zane, with that, obviously, you spend time in and out of Atlanta throughout the summer. You said that was really the the one place that got you on radar. So what colleges were pursuing you, you know, when you were looking to go to the next level? So my main, my main couple of choices were Clemson, Alabama, and I said Tennessee, just I wanted to go somewhere decently close to home, and but at the end of the day, I wanted to stay in the SEC and just be able to play the best competition possible. And I, I really wanted to go to a place where I believed I would play and get some opportunities. And my relationship with Coach Bohannon at the time was, it was, I had a really strong relationship with him. So that's why I ended up choosing Alabama. So the, the relationship alone, um, you know, I, obviously that that's an important piece, but um, was there any talk about, you know, playing time and like you were going to get a chance to, to, to start, you're going to get a chance to, you know, see the field a lot. Was that a factor or was it simply, you know, I want the relationship and the playing time will come once I know that the people that I am in this with care about me. I say we didn't really, obviously there's no promises going to a college that again, playing time and stuff like that. Cause you got to earn everything you get. But I, I really believed in my relationship with coach, with coach Bo. Cause he, he had offered me at Auburn before he got the head coaching job at Alabama. So I've been, I've been talking to him for about a year before I committed so I was really confident in in my relationship with them and what they thought and expected of me. So that gave me some confidence and coming to Alabama and they were gonna give me those opportunities. So I didn't know your final three schools involved Tennessee. You mean to tell me the Tony V swag didn't draw you in? I just I'm not a big Tennessee fan. And I <laughs> he just called it shot it straight. I got you. <laughs> yeah. No, you're good. You're good. So you get to Tuscaloosa, man. What are the emotions? You know, you're in college. Uh, you know, you've picked your school. Uh, are you nervous? You excited both? You know, what's going on? I was super excited at the time. And obviously, I didn't know what was going to happen with the draft and everything until a couple of weeks before I came to summer school here. But, I mean, once I got here, I was just super excited. And honestly, I realized – once I saw all the other recruits out, I, I realized that I needed to I needed to get the work because a lot of people came in 
a lot more athletic than me, a lot stronger than me. So it kind of, it kind of humbled me a little bit just to, to get the work because I, I knew what I was up against and I wanted to be in that lineup on opening day. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with uh, being humble. Everybody needs to be. But with that, you know, you get there and your first season, any of the guys we talked to where their freshman season is the COVID season, you know, you only got to play 13 games, um, you know, started in 11. Um, obviously, you're just getting your feet wet. You're really getting the feel of college baseball and then it swept out, you know, from underneath you. You know, what was that feeling like? Um you know, as far as baseball and then, you know, what did you do? Did all your classes go to online? Did you go back home? How did that whole, you know, series of events work out? So, yeah, that that time period was really crazy. So we I think it was like a Tuesday or Wednesday. We had just played a midweek game in Birmingham. Everything was normal. And then I think it was just like two days later. I think we were about to go to Arkansas to start SEC play. and like the day before, just out of nowhere, we had, uh, we got called in for a team meeting and they told us the news that with the COVID deal and that the season was going to be canceled. So that part was really heartbreaking, especially for the worst part was with some of the seniors on the team who, uh, who knew that they either couldn't afford to come back to school or they graduate already. That part was really tough. But then, uh, so our classes did get moved online. I ended up going back home to Nashville to quarantine and just train at home. But yeah, that was really, really tough time period. You know, Daniel, I always, you know, find the guys with the, well, the high character, at least I feel like Zane just did, is they talk about the seniors in that. They don't talk about themselves and how they missed out. They talk about the other guys. And um, to me, Zane, that speaks a lot about your character because, you know, for those guys, uh, it's definitely a lot worse off. You know, you're just getting started. So you know that you're going to be able to come back and, um, you know, do what you're currently doing now. So shout out to you for just, you know, understanding their situation and being a good team guy. Um, but nonetheless, you know, the next year y'all get back to work. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go through some individual accolades before we get into uh, to the season itself. You know, um, you earned SEC all-defensive team recognition at third base. You were selected as a newcomer all-SEC team, started in 58 games uh, with 53 at third base and five at first. You, uh, you led Alabama with a 308 average and had 10 doubles and 10 home runs. So, like I said, before we get into team play, as far as your expectations that you set for yourself, did you feel like you met those in your first – what really was your first year? I'd say I kind of surprised myself, to be honest. Obviously, I, I knew I had it in me at, all the time, but just being out, out there and actually doing it and actually succeeding on the field in the SEC was – it was kind of humbling for me just for all the work that I did. It had paid off. And honestly, one of the, one of my favorite awards was the defensive team, just because it, the people that were here freshman year, I was not very good defensively at third base. I think my coach even told me when he recruited me that he had, he did not think I was going to be able to play in the infield in college. So had still a lot of work the freshman sophomore year to get where I am now defensively. So, that's so needless to say, countless hours were put in fielding balls. Yes, sir. 
lots and lots of time spent on grounders. Well, that's awesome that you were able to, uh, you know, honestly admit that you, you know, you struggled there. And now, I mean, obviously getting that, that defensive award and putting in the time and work. So shout out to you for, for doing that. Um, you know, Daniel asked you about your walk-off yesterday against Florida, but I see your first one was against McNeese. You know, going back to that, how did that feel to get that walk-off? Oh, it was, it was crazy. So cool story about this is that was actually my birthday. And uh, my first college homer was a walk-off homer. I think I had three hits or something that day. So my, my mom was there in attendance. So, I mean, that was a day that just it was super special to me and I'll probably never forget it. Wow. It don't get any better than that. Your birthday and mom's there. That's what I'm talking about. Sure. Well, now I don't even got to ask about the rest of the season. I already know what the highlight moment was. No. Um, so last year y'all went 32 and 26. Obviously the SEC was an absolute gauntlet. It always is, but I felt like last year more than ever, um, you did have yeah. a big win against number one Arkansas in their house, and not just a win. You absolutely whooped their tail. What was that experience like? Oh, that was crazy because we knew what we were up against. Obviously, they were ranked number one at the time, and we had no love. <laughs> just no one respected us in the SEC, and they come in there on Friday night with tons of fans there, and the, just get the result we did was awesome. But obviously, we didn't finish the job the rest of the series. But even th just that one night alone, it was pretty cool. Yeah, but, I mean, I could argue, you know, you didn't get it done. But I could argue y'all are what woke up a sleeping giant because for the rest of the season, they seem to be in cruise control. Um, so, um, I think that 16-1 to 1 blasting that y'all gave them uh, was that punch in the mouth that they actually needed. Um, you know, I see sweeps of A&M and Missouri um, – you know, notable win against Tennessee in the regular season and the SEC tournament. Um, you know, what what win was the most fun as a team or what series was the most fun? Like, what stood out the most to you as far as the, the regular season? In the regular season, I, I would say our sweep against Texas A&M because we had come off playing really bad, especially to start out our, our time in SEC. And I think we came off a bad midweek loss where we did not play our game, should have should have won. So we really wanted to take a step in the right direction. And AM was a really good team last year. Obviously their their record didn't say that just because it's SEC, but I think every game was tight. We won by one or two runs every game. Every game was close going into the ninth. So it was just it was a crazy weekend and to come out on top all three games was, it was special for us. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but, you know, since you mentioned, you know, you weren't a big fan of Tennessee, you know, uh, I got to ask that, that win against Tennessee, especially when they're red hot and Hoover, that had to have been nice, right? That was awesome. Yeah. That was a crazy game. I'll never forget that one. So you go to regionals, obviously you get knocked off by a lot of tech, but um, you know, just making it to the postseason, being a part of that experience, y'all did get a W in there. Um, you know, tell me about that experience, what that was like getting a, a taste of postseason. It was good. I think it's going to be huge for us this year because we were very young last year. It's, I think, 80, 90 percent of our team this is our first year in SEC. So it, it was good just to get that experience. Obviously, we didn't do what we wanted to do last year, but I think we have a lot better team this year and a lot more experience because 
what we went through last year and finally making a regional and taking a step in the right direction. I think that was huge for the group of players we have and just this program in general. Well, yeah, and you speak to it, right? You talk about having a young team. And when you look at the teams that were successful, like I said, the SEC was a gauntlet within itself. But if you look at the teams um, that were most successful, whether you're talking about Mississippi State, Arkansas, um, you know, Tennessee, they all had a lot of veterans, um, you know, a lot of top-heavy squads. So, I mean, that that does mean something when you're a young team and going against uh, teams of that caliber that have a lot of um, veteran leadership and, uh, you know, whatnot on there. So – Coming into this season, you know, preseason all SEC teams selected to the 2022 uh, Bobby Bragg and Collegiate Slugger Award watch list. Um, coming into this season, do you feel any pressure, especially like you said, you got that, you got the other season under your belt. Um, you guys are growing up. Um, you know, there's big expectations uh, of you as a leader on this team. Um, do you feel any pressure? I wouldn't say I feel pressure. I just, I take it as a responsibility to, just to do my work and make sure that I'm doing my part and just trying to be there for the young guys, help coach them up a little bit and just uh, keep the culture in our clubhouse because we're, we're going to struggle this year. We, we've gone through our struggles, but just having at least one year of experience in this league, I know that anything's possible really if we just – if we keep working, keep getting better. And so that's my main goal is just keep getting better, being consistent and helping this team win. Absolutely. So with that, you know, you're currently batting 321, seven home runs, 20 RBIs. Um, clearly seeing the ball well. Um, Got to be feeling good with what you're doing. Um, you, you know, you're talking about the things you need to do. Um, as far as just your personal game, is there is there anything, um, I mean, you know, I don't get to watch a lot of Alabama games to see, you know, you're, you're fielding and you're hitting. Is there, is there anything that you feel like, whether it's one side of the ball or the other, that you really just need to improve upon right now? I wouldn't say really either side of the ball. I would, I would just say being more consistent on a daily basis just because I – obviously everybody goes through their struggles in baseball. It's a really tough game. Everything's not going to work out your way. But – um there's a big difference in mixing in a couple one for fours throughout the season than those offers. So just being more consistent, grinding everything out, never giving away at bats. That's that's been my main focus. Yeah, I love uh I've been loving all these fans. I'm a part of all these fan groups because you know, we interview players from from every team and you know, a guy goes into a slump and they're just everybody's wanting to eat them alive because you know hitting a baseball is easy, bro. Like as we said, it, it'll baseball will humble you quick, and so um, consistency is not the easiest thing. Um, when that's what you strive for, that's I mean, you know that's why I said three twenty one. I mean that, that's a good average. Obviously, you want better, but that's you're you're doing solid um, so, as a as a team. Currently thirteen and eight, not where you want to be. You had a tough sweep to Texas in their house. I, you know, I got to ask, you know. How tough was it to play there and just how good a team was that? That was a – it was a crazy weekend. So, if you all didn't know this, the temperature that weekend, the first two games, it was 35 degrees and the wind was blowing directly in about 30 miles per hour. It was crazy. It was brutal. And so, it it was a tough weekend to hit. So, uh, it was I'm just – Zane, I'm I'm not gonna let you 
give us that answer now. It's the same same weather for both teams. All no, right? no, yeah. no, 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 sir. And I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you give that answer, Sam, because my man down there is living in Florida. I was at Starkville or Oxford one of those weekends that you would have been playing there. And I know exactly what temperature you're talking about and what wind you're talking about. So Daniel's down there in Florida where it's 80, not knowing what you're talking about. Man, it was, it was 62 degrees this morning. So stop. It was chilly. <laughs> anyway, you were saying Zane about the weather and how cold it was. Go back to your story. So it's just, it was an offensive day. I think we ended up losing Friday night, one, nothing. And it was just, we got a lot of runners on base, just couldn't do the job. Hit a lot of balls hard right at people, didn't fall. It was – we felt – at the first two games, honestly, we felt like we were right in it and should have won, but just didn't get the big hit when it mattered. But the Sunday, they kind of blew us out. But they're a really talented team, definitely going to be a top-five team in the nation. But it gave us confidence that we can – compete with anybody on any given day we just we got clutch up at the right times all right so me and you're gonna have a conversation now that uh our guest next week has, has pushed off for a while you're a home run hitter are you a bat flip guy i'm not no, all right sorry. i didn't i didn't i didn't pick you as one and even if i did i got I, I need i need you to be honest in the open right here ivan melendez was supposed <laughs> to be our guest next week from texas the bat flip toward the pitcher how you feel about that i I mean, I thought it was cool. I don't dislike bat flips. I just but towards a pitcher, would you ever even think about doing something like that? I didn't. The way he did it, the way he looked after it, it didn't look intentional. I think it's it's different in the heat of the moment too, where I've kind of thrown a bat a little bit. It it happens so fast. There's a lot <laughs> of things going on. I mean, I think it's. Look, look, I'm telling, I'm telling you, Zane, because Daniel was a college pitcher, and I'm convinced he's been good to go for two months, and then all of a sudden he says he's got to post he up heard, a later date. He heard me. He, he yeah, he, he did me. not want a piece of Daniel because Daniel was yeah. going to be all over him as a former pitcher. I, I, I was opening the episode. I was willing to to say that next week's episode would have been the shortest episode <laughs> on record. <laughs> Because he would have been like, I'm out. So you'll have time to calm down by the time he comes back around, you think? Yeah, uh, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but back to the current episode. So, um, you know, we just talked about the win against Florida. You know, worth noting, you talked about those games where you go one for four versus, you know, getting numerous hits. Uh, it's worth noting that you didn't just have the walk-off. You were three for five with a bomb. So safe to say you were feeling good yesterday? <laughs> feeling all right I, I started out over two which is usually how it happens you just gotta get to the point of just forgetting about your last at bat and just trying to help it and and luckily I got up in the right situations so I was just what, glad I helped the team what do you what do you do as a hitter when two things one uh you're, you're struggling at the plate you're not seeing the ball well and you're just like man I just I, I'm not – I can't figure this out. What do you do when that happens? But then also, what do you do when you're putting good passes on balls, you're hitting balls on the screws, but it's right at people? So I'll, I'll start with the second one because that's how I feel my year started out. I The first couple of weeks didn't have great numbers, um, just didn't get many hits, couldn't find many holes. But 
I felt really good at the plate. I felt like I was seeing the ball well, was putting good swings on it. Just nothing came from it. But I, I've gone through times before in summer ball where I've really struggled and let it get to my head and just tried to do too much. And that it kind of spirals out of control at that point. So I've kind of learned just to just kind of forget it, just keep my same approach, stay disciplined and just keep working at it because, I mean, baseball is tough. Not everything works out all the time, but if you keep working at it, you'll break through. It's like like I tell my daughter, when when bad things happen, you just got to be frozen. You know know what that means? Don't. It means you just got to let it go. Oh, God. Let it go. And and moving on. No, hey, so here's here's the question, you know, they say the hardest thing to do in in sports, Daniel, is hit a baseball. And for Zane yesterday on that walk off, they had a five man infield, and he managed. No, I, to I saw it. It looked like every it, it looked like every player on the field was in the infield. Yeah. And so, how is that, Zane? Did you, I mean, and were you were you pushing towards that? As soon as you saw that pitch, you knew exactly where you're going with it. Well, I was trying to get the ball in the air. <laughs> but that didn't happen. But luckily, it worked out. But uh, he was, no, he, was, but he, was a, he was aiming for a little flare over the end. Well, you know how these guys, some of them, especially like if you get it, if you get it on the outside, you'll try to push it through the hole. And, I, and of course, you know, with a five man infield, there just isn't much of a hole. But I didn't know if he strategically put it where he did. <laughs> no, it it just it just happened like that. But I was just they were throwing a side armor, so his ball had a lot of sink on it but at that time I was just looking for anything I could get a barrel on and hit hard and luckily I found the hole absolutely so on deck you have the defending national champions Mississippi State uh, obviously go to a lot of games um, I, I know a lot of the players and you mentioned Landon Sims obviously they have a lot of injuries and you know they just come off a, a series loss even though that they won on Sunday just like y'all did um, both teams are going to be really, really hungry. Um, you know, what, what's the message going into this one from coach, uh, you know, after the losing the, the first series, obviously you don't want to lose back-to-back SEC series, SEC series. I know you got a midweek game and everything, but as far as going into next week, you know, what's the message, what's coach saying, what are y'all saying, um, knowing that y'all don't need to come out and lose two series in a row? Well, we're just, we're trying to keep our same approach. We're, we've got some confidence now, finally, that we actually broke through and, and got our won a game against a top team. So, I mean, that gave us a lot of confidence just to, to figure out how to win and the SEC, just because most games in this league are like that. It's going to be tied or a one-run a one game going into the eighth or ninth. So it's just about competing and just – but the message for us has been just keep working, just keep going. Absolutely. So, you know, I got to, so freshman season, you got cut short by COVID. Y'all didn't have SEC play. Um, Mississippi State came to y'all last year. So this will be your first trip to Duty Noble? We actually, we scrimmaged them this fall at Duty Uh, Oh, so you've been there. So you're aware of how beautiful a stadium and how big it is? It's one of the best fields I've ever played at. So does it it excite you to get to go there this weekend and and be a part of that, even though you're the opposing team? I'm super excited. It's going to be electric atmosphere this is something we're all excited about 
All right, well, my one request for you before I let Daniel play a game with you is Cade Smith, the Sunday pitcher. That's like my baby brother. Don't don't be hammering a bunch of bombs on him, Zane. Okay, man. Take take it easy. If, if you're gonna rough him up, man, I need you to just hit some singles. Okay, I don't I don't need to see that you hit two or three bombs against my boy. Okay, sounds good. All right, cool, good deal. Well, I'll let Daniel play a game with you now. Uh, don't, don't settle for that, man. Hit moonshot. We'll nah, see. Can't do it. Can't do it, man. Nah, man. It's uh, it's. It's good to hear your story, man. It's good to, to be able to have you on. I know for me, getting perspective, I mean, obviously we, we spend a lot of time talking baseball, but, you know, getting perspective from Alabama's point of view is, is always nice because, you know, we, we've got a lot of other teams, but you being the first Alabama baseball player really, you know, we're, we're very gracious to have you on and we're very blessed. So I, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, telling your story, being open with it, and obviously before we roll, man, let's uh, let's play a little game. Let's have a little fun. What do you say? Sounds good. All right. So the game's called this or that. It's very simple. I give you two options, and all you got to do is pick one option or the other. You Sounds just good. can't can't say both and can't say neither. You just got to pick right. one. Yes, sir. All right. So the first question. Give you a little backstory. I threw this question out um, really as just like a a crazy off the wall question that kind of took a mind of its own. It has its own survey on Facebook. It has its own survey on Twitter. So I'm going to ask you, is a hot dog, a sandwich? I would classify it as a sandwich, man. That's it, it, it's not, it's that's not my guy. But, that's my guy. But Jim, We've had an argument in our, in our locker room too. Jim Look, claims I'm, that in in, te- in in Houston, Texas, they have a hot dog sandwich. Look, I went to Minute Maid Park, Zane, for the Shriners Classic, and they have a hot dog sandwich there, and it was amazing. And those dudes beat on trash cans and do a lot of crazy <laughs> stuff. So just, just saying. Just saying. All right, Zane, would you rather be a guy that hit bombs and strikes out a lot or a guy that just gets on base a lot? but doesn't strike out. He gets on base a lot. Yeah, what? He's the first one. He's the first one. So <laughs> why why is that? Because I feel like you're right. You are the first one that's answered that. We get a lot of guys that are like, oh, I just want to drop bombs, bro. Uh-uh. <laughs> so w- what is it? Is it uh, a fundamental philosophy that's taught at Alabama, or is that a – personal belief that you have you just want to put good swings on ball and just get on base that's a, that's a personal belief for me because obviously i've everyone wants to hit homers and i've gone through my time of just trying to hit homers and and realize it it doesn't work out well for me but when i just focus on just trying to put the barrel on the ball it's just being simple with my swing that's usually when the homers come do, do you ever put a swing on a ball and you're like Oh, that wasn't that great. I like I saw the ball well. I just didn't feel like I made great contact, but then the ball travels over the wall. That it's happened a couple of times. My homer on uh Sunday was actually like that. Just the ball was flying at it was flying down here. But yeah, it's actually that hasn't happened much until this year. Do you hit I didn't actually look at it. Do you hit more bombs left handed or right handed? I think I have Four righty, three lefty right now. 
So, right. Equal opportunists. I like it. Just wait till this weekend on Sunday. <laughs> oh, do it to me. Um, is the glass half empty or is the glass half full? So let me let me uh, set this question up. On the surface, it seems like this question is an easy, like, you know, no-brainer question. But I want you to think, you know, in these terms about this question. Guys who say the glass is half full are guys who are all about positivity. They're always believing in, you know, the power of positivity. However, guys that say the glass is half empty, those are the type of guys that are dogs. They're grinders. They're like, I have to prove people wrong. And I like the pressure of knowing, like, I can't fail because my glass is half empty. So which are you? Half empty, half full. I go probably half full. I try to keep things positive. And if anything negative happens, try to turn it into a positive in some way. I can respect that. That's fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Next two questions are staple questions that we ask every guest. Um, first one being, would you rather spend 10 years in a coma or five years in jail? Hmm. 10 years in a coma, five Probably years in a coma. So, so why is that? Elaborate for me. Uh, try the options <laughs> there weren't too many options but uh I don't who know. doesn't I just, want to go to jail that's the simple answer yeah. going to Look, jail for five years doesn't sound very fun no and here's here's what i tell everybody all right i'm 37 years old at this point in time in my life i've established what i am good at and what i am not good at and going to jail i know i won't be good at that that ain't for me <laughs> Yeah, taking take, naps and sleeping, I'm all about that. So give but me I, the 10-year coma, give me the nap, and then when I wake up, wake up I'll figure everything out. But I'll tell you, Zane, about 90% of your peers have said prison. They, they said that they could really? take that life. And they're flat liars. They, they come on here and lie right to our face. They Some of them don't even hesitate. They're like, jail. Yep, and those are the first ones. I'm like, no, you wouldn't. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. All right, last question before we let you cut loose, man. All right, would you rather be the first pick in the draft, but the only caveat to be in the first pick is that all of your friends right now, they can no longer be your friends and you can no longer associate with them? Or would you rather be the last pick in the draft and be able to keep your friends and, and, and live life normally? And, and I'll tell you this. That, all right, hold on now. No. <laughs> the difference between the two last year was about $8 million. That is a lot of money. I'm telling you, I, I'd buy new friends in a heartbeat. Jim, <laughs> Jim Cross would be replaced in a matter of seconds. <laughs> I'll stick with my answer. I'll go last pick. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I say that. You know, but really, like I'm a friend guy. Like I'll keep Dude, my friend. I'm not. I'll take the first. Pick. I, I'm taking the first pick, and I'm taking jail. I'm opposite side of both of y'all. Yeah, he uh, he, he's crazy. Uh, 
All right, Zay, man, anything you want to plug or promote before we get you out of here? Not really. But can't think no? of anything. I don't well, think so. I, I got something for you. Y'all follow Zane on Instagram, at Zane Denton. Follow Alabama Baseball on Instagram, at Alabama BSB. And by all means, you better turn into SEC Plus Friday night, 6 p.m., SEC Network Plus Saturday at 2 p.m., and then on the SEC Network Sunday at 2 p.m. They are going to Starkville, Mississippi. They're going to take on the defending national champions. Zane, my man, we wish you nothing but luck. If there's anything we can do for you in the future, please reach out to us and let us know, buddy. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. It's been great. Absolutely. That's Zane Denton, everybody. If you like hearing Zane's story or you just like hearing us average shows talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. We'll see everybody next week for episode 12, where we're going to be talking more college baseball with a surprise guest. You're not going to want to miss it. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We out.